welcome back to the sixth episode of Gathering, a podcast by Startwell, where we kind of try to, you know, explore uh, what it means uh, for people who support teams in this new hybrid reality of work. Um, and I'm really, really, really excited for this episode because we've got a case study to talk about <laughs> uh, for return to office, which is a weird phrase mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll dissect it a bit, but I'm sitting with Chaley Nolan from Relay. Um, so thank you for joining me in the studio today. Thanks for having me. And, uh, I also, you, did I surmise that you traveled to get here? A little bit. Yeah. We're thank over. You. Yeah. It wasn't too far. I guess any kind of travel seems far now that nowadays though. Yeah. Cause is traffic? Uh, well there's the streetcar. The, oh. street, the streetcar is traffic as far as I'm oh, concerned. Man. So. so much construction yeah. in Toronto. Indeed. Well, thank you for making the journey down here. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, and uh, yeah, let's start by a little bit of kind of like background. Or you are the head of people at Relay. I am. And um, what does head of people mean? Well, I think it means different things to different people. Uh, but in my purview, I oversee uh, everything from talent operations and talent strategy to people operations and then also HR as well. That's a lot of hats. That's it tons is. of hats that you wear. It is. It's startup though, so that comes with the territory. So let's actually, yeah, let's just do that. I was. Uh, we'll come back to kind of what led you here, maybe, mm-hmm. and let's just talk about. So, what is Relay? Uh, so Relay basically is an online uh, money management platform. So we target directly towards SMBs. Um, we're sort of in a unique position. We're a proudly Canadian company, but we exist completely in the U.S. market. Oh. Um, so it's uh, it's a way that's uh, it's a platform that's designed to help SMBs uh, understand their cash flow, so that they they know how they spend, how they save, and mostly how they earn as well. Super interesting. So you tie in your bank, your existing kind of like financial tools into the platform? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think in time we want to be like the all-in-one sort of financial control center. But uh, I think most readily we're sort of in the category of being a challenger bank. Our goal is to get people onto the onto the platform so that they have complete financial control over, over how they're spending their money, how they're saving their money, and how they're earning their money. Mm-hmm. Um, for SMBs, this is particularly useful because this is sort of a, a space where big banks don't, don't really tread. Mm-hmm. Um, SMBs aren't considered particularly profitable they're not you know they they don't really kind of uh, service the needs of uh, of the of the smaller SMBs uh, so that's where something like relay comes in and it's a great opportunity for us to kind of service those needs and then really uh, create potential and mm-hmm. be a growth enabler essentially for for SMBs no I'm I'm, I'm I think we'll talk offline uh, offline after this about uh, digging in for startwell as well because we're always interested in like exploring new fintech things that we can Mm -hmm. use as a company Mm -hmm. and you're right the big banks don't necessarily have tools or are not moving uh fast enough they're doing a great job of innovating um here in canada but at the same time yeah it's not framed that innovation is typically not framed from the ground up yeah um and so that's kind of exciting but being at a startup Mm -hmm. and managing people has its own difficulties especially wearing all those hats yeah uh, how many people are part of the company? So right now we're about 75 across full-time, part-time contract and interns. Um, I think uh, we're closer to about 65 as of today for, for full-time headcount. So we've grown 
immensely over the course of the pandemic. So, so how, how old is the company? The company is about four years old. Uh, so I've been there for about a year and a half. Uh, when I joined, there were probably about 13 full-time people wow. in the company. Okay, so you've you've been had a hand in growing the yeah. team, you know, yeah. Yeah. 8X, 7X. <laughs> 6x whatever by a huge do the math scale later yeah. yeah we'll do the math offline um yeah i actually joined as head of talent um and then uh was in that role for maybe a little under a year and then transitioned to a head of people role um so we've grown really really quickly i mean the pandemic has been you know a fortunate time for some companies to really continue to grow mm-hmm. uh, so we started at 13 we grew to 38 then we grew to 55 and then we've been kind of steadily growing ever since so wow um, so talent into people. I mean, obviously, because there's, there's greater responsibilities as you grow the team. So you had to step in. Mm-hmm. Talent was just about initially, I guess the point is the team needed to grow. So how do you find those people? And was it mainly devs? Uh, no, actually, it's we grew in other ways. I think we're I mean, we have a fairly large engineering team. I mean, we're about 20 people on the engineering team. Uh, I think we've grown in a lot of other ways, though. We're very, very customer-centric, so we mm-hmm. really needed to grow the customer experience team, so that's probably our second biggest team. Um, marketing has about, like, 10 people on it. Um, wow. Yeah, we have a risk team as well. So, yeah, we've grown in all areas, really. Uh, so the interesting thing is that we, we didn't grow, like, through an engineering focus. We grew through, like, an entire company focus. And uh, so before this, a little bit of now, let's let's un- let's peel back the onion on your career. <laughs> Um, as a people person, yeah. how did your career come to be and lead you to, to this interesting, you know, point of like rapid scale in all directions? Yeah. Well, I've been in the startup space for, for a while now. Okay. Uh, so prior to this, I was at a company called Wattpad, which maybe, you know, um, I was there for about five years. It's like everyone in tech in Canada knows Wattpad, <laughs> but they don't even know what it does. You are not wrong. So explaining it to people is is challenging, um, but it's it's a I'd say it's kind of like one of the darlings of you know the Canadian tech scene. It's been around for fifteen years and you know has had this success story of being acquired in the last two years. Uh, but I was there in the very early days, so I joined in twenty sixteen. There was Series B. There were under a hundred people, um, and then by the time I left, it was over three hundred. Wow! So yeah, so lots of growth. 3x yeah <laughs> got the math that time yeah yeah man yeah no that is an interesting that must have been such a great experience yeah it was yeah i mean startups amazing no two days are ever the same right, right. whatever next is what i always say about startups so it's great um so i've you know had the fortune of being in the startup space prior to that i worked in a recruitment agency and we always worked with like a lot of different startups wattpad was actually a client that mm-hmm. i sort of like endeavored to to make mine um and then moved into an internal role there and yeah have worked with startups have been in the startup space for a while and i mean that's the great thing about toronto so wait why recruiting in the beginning why recruiting? Um, so I'd always had some sort of like aspect to like hiring people, pulling people together, getting people together to do things. Uh, in a previous life, I actually had my own business where okay. I did like almost like an artistic management company. So kind of a type of recruiting. It's mm. it's basically like managing creatives. Sure. Um, and I worked in like marketing and advertising agencies for a short period of time. Um, and I was actually living overseas and then I came back to Canada. I'm Canadian. Yeah. I had been away for a number of years. Where was overseas for you? A um, couple different stops. Uh, I've been in England for about four years. And then prior to that, I was in Asia. And then I was just a world traveler as oh, well. Wow. Just a bum. So, yeah. Um, so then I, but I'm originally from Toronto. So I, I came back here. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like getting to know this city again, even mm-hmm. though I knew where 
all the streets and where everything was, the city was completely changed. Uh, but uh, so I'd worked in marketing and advertising agencies and sort of I got on the roster of like a recruitment agency and then they just approached me about joining internally. It was oh. with a division of Robert Half. It's called the Creative Group. So they really like to hire people who come from the creative industries so that they can sort of speak the language of their clients. Sure. Um, so yeah, so I went there. I was there for about five years and that's sort of like how I made my mark in recruitment. Recruited for everything from like film to illustration to packaging design, production design, loads of things like that. Um, and then, yeah, so did that for five years and then transitioned to Wattpad. And then now I'm at Relay and have been there for about a year and a half. So it's it's been, you know, nearly a dozen years. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so much has changed in terms of recruitment and talent acquisition. Sure has. Sure like, has. the world is completely different, isn't yeah. it, compared to when you started? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're hiring for a talent lead right now and, like, you know, talking to them about the tools that they have at their disposal. And it's just, it's it's wild, right? Mm-hmm. Because when I was doing it, like when I started doing it, it was like a Rolodex. Right. You know, like everybody would carry. You to call somebody yeah. and be like, hey, do you have any people? Do you know anyone? Well, exactly. Who do you know? That was the first thing that you always And now asked. it's like, oh, hold the phone. Let me log into Facebook. Oh, wait, not Facebook. Let me log into Instagram. No, not Instagram. Let me log into, uh, you know, LinkedIn. Oh, I haven't updated my profile. I know thousands of people, but I don't really. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah. that, that ends all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And churn and attrition being a problem in the last few years has, has changed Layoffs. But, yeah. Now the layoffs, it's it's a wild world we're living in. So Yeah, when we talk on this podcast or we have so far talked to any uh, technical recruiters, mm-hmm. we, we had a chat with a technical recruiter named Sean recently. Um, you know, one of the stories was in hiring Canadian talent for um, essentially foreign entities. Mm-hmm. He deals mainly with American companies. Um it came out that like there's a huge appetite for Canadian talent for sure and hiring in Canada yeah um, and that's a great thing but at the same time I mean it fe- it always feels like we don't have enough talent in yeah. the country yeah um, I, I actually had a chat with someone just recently there was an amalgam of privately owned uh, hospitals in somewhere in the northwestern US that mm-hmm. called us up to use some space for a hiring junket yeah they wanted to hire 9,000 nurses in the next two years. And I'm like, leave our nurses alone. <laughs> we already have enough of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. We need more good people. Yeah. Well, to... we don't pay them well enough, yeah, though. I know. Right? That's a real problem across the yeah. board. Yeah. Uh, so what are some major differences that you see, you know, in your in that role of talent acquisition now versus then when you started out in this in the job I and mean, one was yeah so, so sourcing leads sourcing yeah. people finding yeah. people yeah yeah i think i mean the big things are like from a tactical standpoint it's like nobody has to have a resume anymore they just like have it on linkedin you know they don't have to put the work the graft into it so there's that um i think you know the salary stuff is just like completely changed people earning tons of money yeah and asking for tons of money right right right. i mean like speaking of like you know developers and engineers you know obviously they spend a lot of time at school that they spend a lot of money to learn at Mm -hmm. school but you know coming out some of them are like asking for like six figures and it's Mm -hmm. like yeah how can i pay you that yeah help me help me pay you that help me pay you that okay yeah. We'll give you ESOP. We'll give you stocks. No, you don't want stocks. You want to buy a Ferrari. Ah, it's not going to work. Yeah. Well, this is it. All the incentives that you have to give, right? So it's, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's changed. And even just, you know, and there's upsides to that as well, right? right? Like it's, I believe in people having a fair wage. I believe in people having like an equitable way to live, especially in a city that's this expensive. But, you know, I think the the biggest learning has been like the push for change, right? And the pandemic's been a big part of that too, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So asking for more accommodations at home, asking for different hours and, you know, that's, you know, that's that's at the heart of young people asking for that. And we wouldn't have changed, right? Mm-hmm. I think my generation and possibly yours, if you're the same vintage as me, but... Probably. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I went to university in 1998. Yeah. We're the same vintage. That's a good one, it's right? A good, it's it's a like, good I'm not going to give away my age, but yeah. if you've been to university, you know what that means. In this range. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. A lot has changed. A lot has changed. You know, I was part of the early internet uh, in many ways. Like I got online in 95 mm-hmm. and uh, I used to connect, you know, businesses and people and teach them what the internet was when I was a teenager in Kenya. Yeah. You know, I was a Canadian teenager yeah. with a bag of modems. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've definitely seen some things mm-hmm. um, since then in that, that have been wonderful and also kind of like disheartening in terms of, yeah, how it, you know, how I think the the fluidity with which people now can access opportunity mm-hmm. online if they are technical workers especially yeah. um, has kind of challenged the uh, expectations of employers uh, as well as the, the staff themselves, the employees themselves on on what a career means. Yeah. And like is a career that patchwork of, you know, your LinkedIn saying that you worked six months from here to a Sunday mm-hmm. or... Is it something that that says, "Hey, I built this thing, and that thing had legs." Yeah, and it might have been six months that it took, or it might have been six years or sixty years. I don't mm-hmm. know. But like, so where where are you seeing from the talent that you're talking to in terms of um, a commitment? I guess two things. Mm-hmm. Are you for really hiring uh, or looking abroad for local people to move here and to be here? Not so much. Um, for us, we've really focused on hiring in Canada. Um, I think we've looked in other markets in Canada, like definitely looking outside Toronto. Like we've mm-hmm. hired a couple of people in Halifax, Ottawa, like quite a few in Calgary and um, in Vancouver as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, we haven't supported like visa processes right. and things like that only only because the wait is just so long yeah, right now. I can imagine. Yeah, I did a lot of that at Wattpad and we were like waiting 16 months for people to come sometimes, which, wow. you know, it's challenging because those people are sort of like in this like standstill kind of state. Yeah, you right? don't want your people anticipating. Like it's something, I mean, I just reading very briefly that Mark Zuckerberg letter yesterday. Uh, where he laid off all these people and he was like very cavalier about how difficult it is he assumes for the people on visas to like figure out how to get out of the country oh we'll give you a few weeks don't worry and then you can get the hell out of the country yeah yeah Yeah, no these are difficult things you know Uh, managing people's lifestyles uh, as an employer for sure or facilitating them enabling them Um, so this is really interesting because I think it brings us to this return you know to office question but like uh, let's say how you've got a cross Canada population yep. uh, and it's growing. Yep. Um, Toronto has the bulk of the people. Yeah, I would say like the GTA. Yeah. Okay. Let's start by describing your office. What is, what is the relay office like? Um, well, now it's great. Um, when I first started, I describe it as a unremarkable suite at Young and Bloor um, that housed about 
20 of us, um, usually not at any given time because it was uh, quite tiny. Um, but uh, we sort of spread our wings a bit about a year ago. So we've been in this office space at uh, 60 Adelaide East. So it's right at Adelaide and Church. It's kind oh, of, I used to live right around that corner. It's a great area. It's a really great area. It's in like an older building that's been completely refurbished. So we've got an entire suite. Uh, we've got space for up to 100 people. So it's great. On the northeast corner? Northeast, yes, on the northeast corner. So I used to live, so then you must go get coffee at Fahrenheit. Yeah, well, there's a couple places now. There's okay. one in our, the base of our building. It's called XOBZU. Little plug, shameless plug here. Oh, but I never heard of that. They're one. fantastic, really great, and great people there. Cool. Yeah, that's okay. a good one. Yeah, and Fahrenheit, uh, it, Samir, who who owns and runs it, uh, went to the school I did in Kenya. Oh, okay, wow. So that's a little small world connection. Very I used to live right on like, uh, yeah, like on Adelaide and Jarvis, okay. facing the park. Right. Okay. So very close. Yeah. Nice neighborhood. It is. It's gone through a lot of changes. Sure has. So that's an interesting thing that like, you know, the office has changed as the, it needs growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got some extra capacity that's pre-built out. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does it look like inside and like how has kind of the format changed? <laughs> When we first took it over, it looked like a murder site. Oh, no. Um, but they completely did a lot of construction. It looks great now. Okay. Um, so it's, you know, very modern, sort of like the polished cement floors, um, you know, very modern colors. It's it's quite nice inside. Uh, previously, like I worked in a heritage building that had a lot of critters and rats and lots of cockroaches and whatnot in it. So that had its own charm. But being in something kind of fresh, spanking new was like a breath of fresh air after the after the pandemic, for sure. In terms of features of the office, is it just like desks and, and kind of, you know, rooms? Yeah, well, I Anything mean... Anything cool? Well... Anything random? I, mean, I think it's cool, but... <laughs> um, what can I tell you that's cool? It's, it's very... Um, you know, it's got lots of glass doors in it, like lots of sort of like fishbowl kind of type offices. So okay. it's like, a, and we've got like 360 windows all around. So we have amazing oh, wow. views as well. So it's, it's really cool. yeah, it's quite nice. nice. Yeah, it's good. Um, okay, let's talk about what happens in the office, mm-hmm. you know, and like this, this whole question of kind of, if you want to like engage, because also this is interesting. A lot of our audience may not be in Toronto and may not be in Canada. Mm-hmm. And Specifically in Canada, you know, and a lot of people on the on the series so far have been talking about this, is we have this unique kind of uh, disadvantage in a way as organizers of people for business that um, return to work has become a, a thing. It's a phrase everyone knows and talks about. There's difficulties in promoting the idea of, of people coming in an office space uh, and sharing that space with each other. Um, and that's not necessarily the case in so much of the world. Yeah. So some of those aspects or the reasons for that in Toronto are, are what I've assumed is to be a uh, distributed workforce already. Like we already have had people um, that work in downtown Toronto from, a, you know, basically the suburbs and this yep. whole like greater Toronto area, which yep. is large. Yeah. So saving the commute seems like a great thing. Yeah. A liberator of time and resources. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that alone enables people to kind of say or has post-pandemic to say, well, I really like my life and I'm mm-hmm. kind of doing my work and can I have both? Mm-hmm. Um, so where amidst that, are you guys seeing um, a kind of a want for your people to be together in, in real life? Yeah. Uh, I'll leave it there for now. 
Yeah. So for us, I think it's it's more about the opportunity that's created when you get people in a room together, right? Like I think the the learnings expand a lot quicker. You know, the personal relationships develop much faster. So for us, it's been more experiential than mm-hmm. anything. Um, I think f- one thing that we did is we we put we posted it on the job descriptions that were like a, a hybrid setting. We're in office, so that by doing that, you're getting people to opt in to that, right? Yeah. So you're automatically tapping into the people who want to return to work. Um, I think, you know, it, it's not without its complications, though, sure. right? Sure. Um, we what we did is we we said we'd do Tuesdays and Thursdays, two days a week. So it you know it is truly hybrid because sixty percent of the time you're at home, right? Yeah. If you want to be, if you want to be, yeah. yeah. But we did open up the office to other people. What we found was, especially after all the lockdowns, like last winter, hmm. we found that there were so many people who were just so bored of staring at four walls. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Toronto. Lots of people live in five hundred square feet, right? So there were a lot of people wanting to come in. So there were people coming in on like the Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So, but then, you know, there were others that I think once the lockdown had happened, it was like, I don't know if I want to go back. I don't know if I want to ride the TTC or the GO train, right? All this like... Extra factors. Extra factors. And yeah, new patterns of behavior, right? Born of the pandemic. Yeah. New risks, right? Mm -hmm. New things to think about. So, but yeah, I mean, for us, I'd, I'd say that... You know, there's been big learnings from doing it, for sure. Um, I think, you know, we've had to kind of go the extra mile sometimes. Like, What does that look like? Catered lunches. Ooh. Um, snack and beverage program. Mm-hmm. Um, in the summertime, we had like a summer series, like an entire like roster of events. Whoa. So uh, popsicle stands, ice cream bars. Uh, we had like a meditation session. Like we just, we did a ton of things. We tried everything, right? We played like shows at lunchtime on the big screen. Like uh-huh. we, we just did a host of things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. I think some of them were just alien to people as well because nobody's had to do anything like that in two and a half years. And those things by virtue of doing them, they include socialization, which, you know, is a lot sometimes for people right now. But that's pretty wicked. I think the way I look at it is that if you're doing activities together and those activities aren't kind of performance based, then you kind of can drop the garden like people can hang out together. Yeah. Yeah. And sure, some people do have stigma around, especially in 9 to 5 Toronto, historically, around, well, my time is my time and work is work and I just want to come into the office and work. Uh, But then uh, I think also this is prompting a reset with some of those people too, you know, this post-pandemic thing of saying, well, I don't know, because if I'm at home and everything is everything, then I have to kind of live that way at the office too. So maybe there's opportunities to just socialize at the office. Yeah. For sure. And I think there's a lot of that. But I think that's, you know, similar to how, you know, MasterCard factors like, uh, you know, people absconding with money into their like business practice. You've got to sort of factor into like the day to day that people are just going to want to socialize. People are just going to want to hang out. But there's a value in that as well. Right. Right. That's where the relationships deepen and the trust builds. And, you know, then I think the next time, maybe that won't be the case. Maybe people are getting to something done a little bit faster or a little bit more effectively. So I think that's the risk you take. But Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's an upside to that as well. Uh, For your organization, are you feeling like this is a temporal learning curve or... Uh, will will kind of like the weekly pattern stabilize in some way 
for your for your team? I, I think we're there now. I think it's it's started to stabilize. Like we pull the numbers on well, we do it based on meals ordered, which is how sad. much food are yeah. our people eating? Yeah. If they like the food, yeah. they'll come back. <laughs> Pretty much, it's it's anecdotal at best, but it does tell a bit of a story. Um, but yeah, we've sort of stabilized. I think for us, you know, one of the things we did is we we asked for people to come back. Like we we said, you have to come on a Tuesday and Thursday, and we had like a plan for commutable distances. Um, and you know, there were learnings from that as well. Like if if that was you know really what people wanted, and I think you know the thing that people were insane was, you know, am I still trusted if I work from home, or mm. if I'm a completely remote employee? you know, am I still as valued as the people who are in the office, right? So those are the things you kind of have to deal with and get ahead of. Um, and those are ongoing questions, right? Like as people join the organization, it's new for everyone. So, but... Have you, know. you soundboarded some of this stuff uh, or vocalized this with other folks in your space in different organizations? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, even talking to, you know, people that I used to work with, with at their places of work, it's like, you know, one of the managers at Wattpad, who's the office manager, told me that they're lucky if they get 11 people in. And I mean, that's a space that has like, you know, room Hundreds. for like, yeah, like 165 people, right? Mm. So it's it's harder, right? And this is the thing, because it's, you know, everybody's sort of self-congratulatory, like, we transitioned during the pandemic, we went home. And it's like, you sat on the couch and you turned your laptop on, you know, like, this is this is nothing, no great feat. Yeah. But, you know, who knew that actually coming back to the office would be really hard to motivate people and galvanize them? Honestly, it's, it's interesting because I think, like, this is the great hope, uh, social hope, is that, you know, fundamentally workplaces can evolve to enable people to do great things, not yeah. only great work, yeah. be comfortable more for sure um and shed some bias like there's all this inherited bias from like you know don draper yeah from the yeah. 50s <laughs> like there's there just is there's a yeah. lot of this like subconscious bias in north america of like things have to be like this and yeah. like sunday heebie-jeebies about monday you know if mm -hmm. you don't go in on monday and tuesday do you have the heebie-jeebies about wednesday yeah <laughs> Did you just have an aversion to work? Are you doing the right job in your life? Well, Don Draper could go to the movies to think about things. So yeah. um, that sounds like a good plan. But <laughs> So I think it's it's there's a reckoning maybe locally. Yeah. Yeah. And the reckoning is not so much like the big fear factor that's expressed in media, which is that, you know, at least from the commercial real estate standpoint, they're like, oh, we're in crisis mm -hmm. because uh, REITs are losing money. Mm -hmm. eh, I don't care about that. What I care more about is that teams um, have a means or uh, a justification for kind of getting together more. Yeah. Like, it should be great. You should enjoy the company of the people that you work with. Yeah. Um, you spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. More than your spouse yeah. or whatever normally, you know, yeah. more than at home. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Big yeah. learnings. So where do you see, as you guys grow, because I'm sure this is a continuing trend, right? You'll double in the next year sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see the relevance of Toronto as now also that you're looking to bring on team members from across Canada? Yeah. So I think the ultimate goal would be that we'd have different hubs in different cities so that we'd look into, you know, having something similar in Vancouver so that the Vancouver team can get together so that they can have like in-office learning so that they can build their own culture. Because, you know, that's the thing with growth, especially in startups. There's going to be a lot of like microcultures developing across different teams. So I think that would be the hope for us that we start to have like hubs. And then if people from our team are going to those hubs, then they get to experience that, too.
So. And um, I mean, this it's an interesting point, but with this, when did you guys sorry grow into the latest office? What what when did you take on that lease? So October fifth last year. So we're just a oh year. during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. What was the process like to find that office? Were you exclusively looking for leases, or were you looking at you know maybe some flexible solutions? We co-working we, solutions as well. I think because we had had the small place that we knew we needed to grow right. really, really quickly. So we knew we needed something much bigger. Um, and I think we really did want to do the, you know, hanging the shingle out, you know, yeah. brick and mortar. We, we did look for leases. Um, big learnings on that as well. Yeah. Right? What did you learn? <laughs> How expensive real estate is per square footage in Toronto. Um, but also just like really trying to find something that would be like a reasonable distance for people coming in from Union. If you are going to hire people from the GTA, it has to be like walking distance. So we did a lot of like pulse checks and surveys, like finding out what was important to people, like how long they were comfortable traveling. Mm-hmm. So we just sort of do a cross factor of all that that data and then weigh that against what kind of place we chose. So we were lucky to get the place that we did and mm-hmm. we're very happy in that place. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Real estate is crazy expensive, um, even with the discount. So in the CRE world right now, there's so much hubbub, uh, you know, in conversations that I'm privy to, yeah. where at least in our space, I mean, we're kind of doing different things with co-working. We're not, mm-hmm. we're moving into an on-demand kind of vibe. Uh, we have anyway, since 2019. But in that conventional, like, you know, glass cubicle kind of office, we work whatever model, uh, it's interesting because like those co- co-working operators in many cases are up against uh, sublets. Right, of course. And then terms on sublets have become super fa- favorable in the last six months Yeah. as landlords are now not quite freaking out but saying, wow, it's been quite a while Yeah. that these sublets are not... The, the, the people trying to sublet are... They really want out of their lease. Yeah. So we have to be more agreeable with who comes in on the sublet and yep. also how that sublet can get renewed. For sure. You know, and, and it was funny because I was just talking to someone a couple of days ago about a 5,000 square foot fully furnished and serviced sublet that mm-hmm. they found for 24 bucks a square foot, all inclusive, $24, you know, which is like a third of what it should be. Yeah, that's amazing. Without the furniture. Yeah. Because uh, usual is like, what, 55 to 85 bucks, yeah. depending on where you are. Yeah. So uh, so there are some very cheap deals out there, but yeah. then there's ambiguity about, yeah, how those can get renewed yeah. and if you have to get out in a year or two years and all this yeah. stuff. Well, we had to sublet the place that we left behind. So, ah. And the furnishing was key because lots of places were like, because there was no furniture available, right? So people oh, yeah, because everyone got it for their houses. Yeah. <laughs> well, or, or we're on a wait cha- list. Yeah. Or supply chain issues <laughs> yeah. from China, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So... You had to, okay, so you guys were thinking of getting out of this lease. Mm-hmm. You realized after a couple of showings that it, you needed to like leave everything there? Yeah, well, we we didn't want to take it with us because we had brokered a really great deal that we were going to get our new place furnished as part of the deal. So oh, okay. that was the kind of bargaining chips that were on the table, right? Um, so we couldn't take it with us. But then once we started like listing for sublets, we found that loads of people wanted a furnished place. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, and we only very recently parted ways with it maybe only about three months ago so and we had to get rid of all the furniture and we gave it on to the startup community so nice yeah Man, full circle cool. yeah right <laughs> yeah. startup life yeah um 
I think it's very, very interesting. So with the, I guess with the extension of these hubs in different cities, the intention is to take on leases in those spaces as well? I, I think or it depends on how growth yeah, for I, talent acquisition goes. Yeah, exactly. Like I think it depends on how we scale. But I think realistically we would be doing something like a WeWork or something, something similar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what about the, the, the kind of, as you bring on people, mm-hmm. what are they looking for? Are there trends that you kind of, and is that part of your onboarding discussion is like lifestyle wise, what are people looking for? Yeah, I think lots of like pushing. I mean, the usual suspects that you sort of hit before, like the, you know, the stock option programs, like the ESOP stuff, you know, the the benefits like from day one, like those are table stakes now, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, usually people are looking for like, we get, you know, the extreme request that it's like, I want like a hydraulic standing desk. You know, I want a chair that can also move up and down. And it's like, Whoa. it's very specific. But, yeah. you know, otherwise it's the usual stuff, just like the monitor and all the peripherals and that kind of stuff, which yeah. I think is reasonable, right? Oh, like, totally. You want a workstation that yeah. can enable you to do work the way you're used to it. Yeah, and impact productivity, right? Yeah, capital P. <laughs> um, that's interesting that the ESOP, so, but what about vesting? periods like because this is something i keep hearing is that people are looking for great upside no matter what because with the latest tech firings yeah you know talents less trustful of being able to park themselves Mm -hmm. and at the same time they might even despite all the like facebook firings and so on um not think that they would want to stay in the same place for too long it's kind of like and this is again what that, that technical recruiter was saying is that a lot of devs particularly are like, when the problems aren't hard anymore to mm-hmm. solve, then they want to move on to other hard problems. Oh, for sure. And that's where a lot of churn comes from in the engineer yeah. community. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's the asks are, are numerous, I would say. Like, I think on the, the stock options, like we usually use that as like an opportunity for education because I think a lot of people truly don't understand like mm-hmm. that that could be the biggest payday of your life, right? And the longer you stay, the more you invest in that, right? So we've really gone through like an education sort of process like with that, with our, with our team members and sort of making them owners in that journey has been really, really important. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the asks are, are considerable, like vacation, uh, vacation's a consistent one. And that's that's another one. That's another one that's really interesting. Like the, you know, the unlimited vacation versus like actually having a designated amount of vacation, you know. So that's a very controversial one if you want to pick into that one. Yeah, I would like to. Because I, as an employer, I've always taken it like, and we're, I'm a different kind of employer in the mm-hmm. sense maybe that we're a physical real estate business. So people have tangible things to do every day. <laughs> so if they go on holiday, that things don't get done, you know. And we're lean. Um, but I've always taken it that like, look, if we could socialize what your needs are, mm-hmm. then and we can cover you, then of course, you know, go on holiday and your pay won't be docked for the time that you're away. Mm. And I don't want to even deal with payroll. Like, yeah. I don't want to question how payroll works. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Go yeah. to Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> this is a recent example for our producer in the booth. He went to Montreal last week. I was like, yeah, yeah just go to Montreal. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Um, so I've always taken that that kind of thing that like as long as nothing's being dropped, yeah, you know, and and it's in also enabling people to like have fun adventure in life, mm-hmm. then that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's now butting against this like remote work question. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had a conversation with someone I think it was yesterday talking about you know how you audit. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday. I know exactly what I was talking about. It wasn't on camera, um, but 
but as someone here on campus, and they were saying, as an employer, they don't necessarily trust that uh, remote work yields efficacy and performance. Right. Because they don't assess performance as clocking in. Yeah. You know, it's more like, give me your all. Give me who you are. Like, show me some cool stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And people he's seeing are are a little disenfranchised from the work that they're doing when yeah. they're not like surrounded by their peeps. Yeah, yeah. I think that comes back to what I was saying about you know people like at being asked to return feeling like that trust is lost or that trust is broken, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's like a tough nut for people to swallow because I think a lot of people have proved that through the pandemic you can work doubly hard, right? Like I know for me, it was more difficult to draw the line between work life and home life, you know, because they were just perpetually blurred, right? Part of it is like you're looking for fun stimulation, you know? Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't want to read the news. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not entertaining. Yeah. yeah. And then you can't keep entertaining yourself with Netflix because your eyes are just watering. Yeah. It's like you task. I think humans also are very task oriented, yeah. you know, like people want to do stuff. Yeah. And so if work is particularly your outlet to do stuff, then it's kind of fun until, yeah, to keep doing it until you realize that you're doing it a little too much or whatever. Yeah. But now that people have more lifestyle choices post pandemic, um, yeah, it's interesting because there is this legacy culture now of like, you know, possibly leading to burnout or people being overworked uh, and now forcing themselves into a cultural paradigm that might be not the healthiest for themselves yeah for sure maintain. yeah yeah um so yeah back to this thing of vacation mm-hmm. what did you want to add um yeah just picking into that i mean it's it's interesting because i have been in startup for a while and you know the the unlimited vacation i think you know what we've really found like especially on the hr and people side it's like there's either people who use it all the time or people who never use it Mm. and it creates this discordance among teams you know because it's kind of like the person that you need to do something might not be there but they can have unlimited vacation and then there's the people who haven't taken vacation in three years right right so it's really really tough you know to kind of find the middle ground um so yeah so that's been like an interesting one because we sort of you know put a cap on it and said like we're going to do three weeks of vacation for everybody and then we're going to do like a one week shutdown for the entire company so yeah. that, so that everybody just slows down and that sort of like brought it back to table stakes of like kind of the four weeks which mm-hmm. i think is pretty normal in the market but the the company shutdown is yeah it's nice honestly yeah we do that uh between like christmas and new yeah. year's you know yeah and this year it's a full week in between those yeah. weekends i know how so it falls nice. it's brilliant right yeah, yeah. Uh, no, and, and that's whether it's then or a, another season. Um, I think having that forced break from work is, is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, obviously doing it at a time when the market's slow is helpful. Yeah. Kind of helps. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then tell me a little bit about this kind of, uh, as it's part of your role, but how do you deal with remote work in terms of like trying to get everyone on board? Uh, and, and on the same page, are you deploying any particular tools? Uh, is it a software issue or is it more like a curatorial thing where you're getting people, despite time zones, um, on a call or otherwise yeah. traveling to a city for an offsite? Uh, how how do you stitch the country of Canada that is so big together? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's just ongoing learnings, right? And I think what works at one point in time won't work 
three weeks later, right? And it doesn't work for some people. Um, one of the ones that's really challenging is like the welcome lunches that we do, and we do them remotely so that everybody's like an, an equal citizen. Um, but invariably for the people in Vancouver, it's like, it's breakfast time for them, you know, and maybe they don't want breakfast, you know? So we've, we've had to play with a couple different things, whether it's like tooling or just, you know, time of day when we do things, like you just constantly have to kind of play with things a little bit more because it's just, there, there's no one solution, mm -hmm. right? It's just, it's, it's tough and people's needs change all the time as yeah. well. So it's, uh, that's a tough one, really. I've been hearing cool stories of like, um, Teams kind of inverting it, so it's like giving reporting assignments to their their team members to come back and share. Hmm. So I think this is a really cool uh, technique. You know, it goes back to school, right? Like yeah. show and tell. Yeah, show and tell is a really cool thing because depending on how you use it, it is you're really drawing passions out of people. Yeah, and like, what are you interested in? Yeah, uh, what happened to you? Let's not keep it on Mondays for the weekend because. As you get older, you don't do as much interesting stuff on the weekend. But, uh, yeah. Or maybe you do, right? Maybe, maybe you do. May, maybe making soup and napping is interesting, right? <laughs> I took a nap. No, no, I'm not done. Let me tell you about my dream in the nap. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People could dig into it. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I was just talking to someone about the, um, the assignment side of it, mm -hmm. where, you know, they're kind of looking at content. Uh, and, and marketing and every person at an organization is a potential source of content for marketing um, to try and more accurately market their brand, hmm. you know, and empower all of the employees at the company to feel like they can speak on behalf of the company. Right. Um, by sharing their voice through publication. Okay. Which hmm. I think is a really interesting one, especially for remote teams, because if a, if a company is across Canada... Mm -hmm and its labor force is across Canada, then hopefully they could speak better to the burgeoning market that they're trying to grow into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's just one of the tips, but... Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something in that. Yeah. Taking notes. <laughs> uh, so any things that, that are coming up for your team for next year on this tip? Like you mentioned, you know, some activities you planned for the summer. Yeah. Uh, is it a summer thing or are you going to do some cool stuff in different seasons next year? Yeah, well, we do like, well, this is our second annual winter party coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, so, and that's, you know, deliberately geared towards people who are completely remote so that we can fly them in. They can experience the office. We do all our parties in the office so that people can feel like the office is home, even yeah. if they don't get to work there all the time. Um, but yeah, we've done like a winter party, summer party. We had a surprise guest come for the summer party, which was a drag queen. We have a very nose in books culture. So okay. this was like really fun to sort of shake it up and nobody yeah. knew that the drag queen was coming. So it was, it was fantastic. Tons fun. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing more stories. Indeed. From the Relay Adventure as you guys Indeed. continue to grow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, especially this cross-Canada thing, because we don't talk about it enough as Canadian companies. That, like, mm -hmm. our country is so big. Oh, it's huge. And There's... as Torontonians, yeah. we're a little insular. We're mm. complaining we're about, the, like... We're the center of the world, right? Jesus. We, all we talk about is, like, you know, how difficult the... Oh, the roads, the traffic. It's so, you know... Yeah. But yeah. that's because we never, like, fly to Manitoulin Island for a meeting. <laughs> No, no, not easy to get there. But yeah, no, it's a rich market. I mean, there's so many different pockets. And so and different tech communities as well that are coming up all the time. Mm -hmm. Halifax, Victoria, it's great, right? Yeah. Wide opportunity for hiring. For sure. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining me on the mic. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.